Hey, well, good morning, and welcome to Mariner's Church. I love it when worship takes my breath away, you know, and I, don't you love that? Just when it's like, wow, that was a great experience. Thank you for being part of Mariner's Church this morning. My name's Paul. I'm one of the pastors here, and I, just, I, love, I love this place. Um, I was here when the church was really small and tiny, and, and it was one of my desires to just see hundreds of people on the coast side worshiping God in, a, in a, just a big way, and and, and so, you know, I sit here and I think, wow, it's, it's, it's happening now. So thank you. Thank you so much for being, being part of that. This morning we start a whole new series uh, of messages that uh, we're calling What Women and Men Want. It's a relationship series, and we're going we're gonna to deal with how to relate to the opposite sex. And we're going to have some fun with this. It's uh, some laughter, hopefully with it. Hopefully there'll be some aha moments. But also we're going to be serious about this whole thing and... We also want God to be involved in this whole thing. Now, the reality is, is God wants our relationships to be awesome, doesn't he? I mean, he wants the relationships that you and I have with the opposite sex, no matter where they are, to be the best that they can. He got, well, God wants us to have relationships between friends that are great and between brothers and sisters that are great, between dating couples, people you work with. In fact, part of our witness to the world or the way that we can reveal God at work in us is the way we work out the relationships that, that he's placed us in. And this relates to men and women in all categories, by the way, as we move through this. We're going to be talking about those that are married, but also friendships between the opposite sex and moms to sons and dads to daughters and, and people that you work with. Now, now, what we're going to talk about is going to be based on two different things, okay? Two things as, as we move through this, if you want to kind of keep these things in mind. One, number one, is men and women are different and have different needs. Men and women are different, and they do have different needs. Number two, uh, we're, uh, we are called by God to understand those needs and in God's ways meet those needs. So we're going to be looking at those two things, that we're different, but God has called us in to really understand and grasp those needs and, and, and meet those needs. Now, we covered this before, but it was seven years ago, and some of you weren't part of this church family seven years ago, and so we're going to be talking about it again and bringing it up again, and this is something that you could bring your, your friends to. But also, this is something that when I do premarital counseling for couples that are about to get married, I cover this, and I cover this strong. And also, when I do marital counseling, I make sure that these these things that we're going to be looking at are really being worked out in the relationships that we see because without them, because they're, I really believe God's principles in the Bible, without them, relationships just kind of go downhill. And so the next few weeks, both here and in home groups, if you're in them, we'll see how these principles really work themselves out. Like before we get any farther, can we take a second and pray? Pray with me, please. So Lord, thank you now for the moment and thank you for um, the worship we've had Holy Spirit, now guide our, our thoughts, our hearts. We would be the people you have designed us to be in relationship. And so give me the right words to share in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's talk about the difference between men and women. And as soon as I, I do this, um, a bunch of you are going to get <coughs> defensive. <clears throat> some of you even maybe get combative. And some of you are figuring out ways to block the exit so I can get out of, of here as I talk about this. I want you to know that behind me there actually is a door behind that thing. And I am, for an older guy, I'm pretty fast. So I can get out of here. I can beat you uh, on this thing. Now, I also want you to know that we're going to do a little bit of categorizing here and a little bit of stereotyping. It's going to happen. 
They are based on some truths. What I'm going to talk about, is it true all the time? Of course not. We need to understand that. Is it, is it generally so? Yeah, kind of. Um, so let's just relax, okay, and, and have some fun with this, okay, as we kind of put men and women into two different categories. In the book of Genesis, the first book of the Bible, God, God <clears throat> we're introduced to our God, who is the creator of all of life. We are brought forth to understand that, that God is the one who brought everything together. It was God who made the oceans. It was God who made the mountains. It's God who made the rivers. It's God who made the trout in those rivers. And it's God who made me to go fish for the trout in those rivers. Okay, that's the way the order goes. But God also made people. It says this. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Now, notice that there's a difference there. He uses two different words. Two different words are used here, male and female. And in the Hebrew, they are two different and distinct words. Now, a few years ago, it was really taboo to say that there was a difference between men and women. And then it became okay. And now it's not so much okay again. We just kind of follow the tide of this whole thing as it goes back and forth and back and forth. One experiment was done with tiny mice. This is interesting. Tiny mice. They took tiny mice. And, and, and when a female mouse embryo, you know, embryo inside the other mouse, so this little tiny little female mouse embryo, was flooded with tos- testosterone, which is male stuff, you know, male juice, was, was flooded with, 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 with testosterone. This female mouse, when she was born and when she grew, she had distinct male patterns of behavior. For instance... The cage got messier, okay? (laughs) She couldn't find things in the refrigerator. I mean, distinct patterns of male behavior were evident in this little, little mouse. And, And they have done study after study about brains and gray matter and white matter in the brain, which connects the two hemispheres. And it's the white matter that kind of connects these two things together. And they have found that women have more white matter that connect the two hemispheres than men do. They have more of this stuff that connects. Um, They have more, and that means that there is more integration between the two sides of the brain. Women have a better integration pattern than men do. And I'm going to try and simplify it it, it for you here. Um, Mark Gunger does this, and you want to YouTube him. He's he's really great, and he's really funny on this stuff. But but, um, we're going to kind of pattern it it, at looking at what a guy's brain is like, just to kind of help categorize that, and, and, and what a woman's brain is like. And so... Let's look at the guy. If you were to open up a guy's head, you would find what, ladies? Nothing. Yeah, I heard that one. <laughs> so nice timing. Actually, actually, what you would find is, is, is that, a, that a guy's brain is organized like this. Okay, guys' brains are organized in little boxes. This is the way that guys' brains are generally organized. Okay. This is the way a guy thinks, okay? Again, generally speaking, this is the way that guys think. Guys have a box, and they have a box for everything. I only have four here. Believe it or not, we have a whole bunch more than this. There's a box for work, and there's a box for sports, and there's a box for relaxing, and there's a box of, for eating, and there's a box of, for working in the yard. There is a box for, for watching sports on TV, working on the car. There's a box for taking off your dirty clothes, and actually, there's a whole different box for picking up your dirty clothes, okay? Understand that? You, you get that? And some of you guys are probably thinking, yeah, I think I get that. 
And, and, and there is a rule, and the rule that, that, that um, um, women, you need to understand is no box can touch any other box, okay? No box can touch any other box. And this is the way generally guys think and guys process. And that means since the boxes don't touch, you can really only be in one box at a time, okay? We're going to only be in one, one box at a time. And, and so that's why sometimes a wife will complain when you take off your dirty clothes. Why not just put them in the hamper right there? Why not? Why not? Well, it's because I'm in the taking off my dirty clothes box. I will be in the clean up my, my room box sometime later, like next week or something like that. And that's why the things begin to pile up. But do you understand that? You know, understand that? So, so I, I will be in one box at one point and one box at another. And, and that is the rule. Okay? No box can touch. When I'm at work, I'm in the work box. When I'm at home, I'm in the home box. When I'm watching TV, I'm in the what? I'm in the TV box. You know, the TV box. That's why a guy can just sit there and stare, even though it's just mindless commercials, because what? He's in the TV box. And all kinds of things can be going on here. It doesn't matter, because he's in the TV box, and he's watching the TV. You get that? So, so guys are organized in the boxes. I'll call a guy and make an appointment for lunch or a meeting, or to connect, or even just talk ministry. And, and Lisa will ask, because we may know them personally, she'll may say, well, how's his family? And I'll say, I, I don't know. You know, I have no idea how his family is. Well, then you talk about his kids, you know, his kid was having surgery. It's like, no. You know, when I called, I was not in the how is your family box. I was in the how to make an appointment with you box to meet, to meet for lunch. And this was problematic, by the way, until I understood this when we first got married. It was a challenge for me to try and figure out how this creature that God had placed in my life was so vastly different than I was. When I was back, first married, we were, we were in, in, in Florida, and there was a couple in our church. They just had a baby, you know, ta-da, wonderful, all that kind of nice stuff. And since I was a pastor and, and, I, and I knew the guy, I gave him a call, and I said, hey, I heard you have a baby, you know, con- con- congratulations, okay? We had a baby. Now, now to me, that's, that's information. I'm in the big information box, okay? And I have, a, I have a box for big information stuff. She's pregnant. She had a baby. End of story. That's pretty much the way it goes, okay? I like that one. Um, I now, I did, and I tried to stretch myself, and I did what every sensitive, caring husband would do, you know? Um, I, I called Lisa, and I said, hey, guess what? They, they, they had their baby. And what did she ask? How much did it weigh? <laughs> now, why do you women need to know how much a baby weighs? What do you do with that kind of information? Do you compare, you know? Do you have contests about which baby weighs the most on this one? Is it like a status symbol on how much a baby weighs on this one? And I said, I don't know. And then she asked the second question, well, how many inches was it? And I said, I don't know. And then she said, does the baby have a name? And I said, name, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Now, was it a boy or a girl? Do you know what my answer was? Yes. Yes, it was a boy (laughs) or a girl. I mean, it, it was a baby. See, I wasn't in the detail box. I was in the general information box. The detail box may come sometime later, if at all, may come sometime later on, on this one. I wasn't in the detail box. My detail box is another part of my brain. Do you follow that? And that's the way at least my brain works, and lots of guys work it that way. Now, you might be asking, where's the sex box? Right here, okay, right there. There's the sex box. It's right, it's, it's, it's right there. Now, 
This is the male, okay? This is, this is the male. Now, I'm going to walk through the valley of the shadow of death and talk about a female's brain right here, okay? This, <laughs> this is a woman's brain right here, okay? Right, right there. It's not boxes. It's, it's what? It's wires. Women's boxes are more like wires. Very different. Not a bunch of boxes. It's a bunch of wires. And, 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 and in your brains... Um, women, there is a wire for everything. There's a wire for work and there's a wire for exercise. There's a wire here for cleaning up and for finances and for decorating, shopping, work projects, kids. There's a wire for everything, absolutely everything. And if the rules for guys' boxes is no box can touch, and here's the big difference, the rule for the wires is what? Every wire is what? Connected. Every single wire is connected. And that's why I can marvel at how my wife can watch TV while checking work on her computer, while talking on the phone, while something's in the oven. I mean, she can do it all, you know? She can actually do the whole thing all the time. Why? It's because all her wires are connected and she knows everything that's going on. It's called multitasking. And it's because the brain has all of these connections that are working together. And they're all compact, compacted together, and they're all interconnected. And so when something happens, it is connected to this, and it's connected to that, and it's connected to this other thing. And sometimes, you know, you'll marvel at, and it's called sometimes women's intuition, you know. And we'll just say, how did you know that? How could you realize that? Or how could you even think that that was going to happen after that? And intuition is not psychic. It's being able to see all the parts and how it's going to impact everything else down the line. Does this make sense to you? And again, we're talking generally speaking. Generally speaking, it's not, it's not perfect, but it's just generally speaking. Now, is there a sex wire in here? Somewhere, I guess. I'm just kidding. <laughs> On this one, of course it is. And guess what? It's connected. It's connected to everything. It's connected to the bills. It is connected to the kids' homework and connected to, to the bathroom that needs painting and the contract that needs to be read and the work project due next Wednesday and it's the relatives coming for Pumpkin Festival. Do you see how, how, how it, it all works together? And that's why a woman's libido is tied to a whole bunch of different things. It's very, very different. The Bible says this, male and female, he created them. It's a small phrase, just a small little boop when it comes in. But it's huge when it comes to the differences. Now, if you've ever read Genesis, there are actually two accounts, Genesis 1 and Genesis chapter 2, two accounts of God creating people. Genesis 1 is actually God's big picture summary of creation. It's like the overview. Genesis 2 is the detail. Now, why are there two different accounts? It's because it was written by, written by a guy. It was written by Moses, okay? And in Genesis chapter 1, he's in the big picture box. In Genesis chapter 2, he's now going to get into the details, Okay. And God gave him this revelation, and Moses writes this. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. The man became a living person. Then the Lord God said, it's not good for the man to be alone. I'll make a helper who's just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky, and he brought them to the man to see what he would call them, and the man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, and all the wild animals. Still, there was no helper just right for him. 
So the Lord caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. That's a beautiful story, isn't it? I mean, the creation story here. And if you can imagine the wow factor, you know, in this whole thing. But if you can also then begin to imagine the eventual confusion that Adam would face with this situation. Eve, when she was presented to Adam, looked like Adam, kind of, I mean, for the most part. Um, She certainly didn't look like Adam's golden retriever. She was very different. And there was a wow factor there, and Adam said, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. Now, I'm sure he was thinking that um, she was an awful lot like him. And so probably he said to her, hey, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh, let's go hunt something. You know, let's go hunt something. But this woman that was brought to him, Eve, didn't want to hunt. She's in her new place, a new place to live. And she wanted to do what? What do women like to do when they get to a new place? I don't like the term, but women use it for themselves. They like to do what? What's the word? They like to what? They like to nest. Okay, they like to nest. Terrible word. But they like, they like to do the nest thing because that is in a woman's life. She cannot, see, I can separate my house from my hunt from my whatever else, whereas everything's all connected, and she won't feel settled until everything's beginning to put in place. You follow follow that? It was funny because we moved my my daughter into her dorm room a couple weeks back. I was gone the weekend, and and we went down there to to move her into the into the dorm room, and, and, and what it entails, if you've never done it, it it's, it's loading a whole bunch of boxes and bringing them into a room, okay, that's what you do, and, 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 as, a, and as a guy, um, my part is done in 10 minutes, okay, because I walk in, I carry in bins, and I put them down, and I open them up, and then I stand back, because what do my wife and my daughter want to do? They need to do that, there's that term, the nest thing, they need to put everything in its place, and I'm only in the way. And it's funny because I walk kind of up and down the halls and I see the same thing going on in dorm room after dorm room. The guys are all just kind of standing there watching this thing going on. Because if I got involved, they would say, don't do that. Don't get that out yet. That's not ready yet. It's not going to go there. Don't put that there. You know, that's not going to work there. And so I just, you know, just, I, you, you just stand there. And I even told my son, I said, watch this, Peter. After 10 minutes, I'm useless. I'm absolutely useless here. Learn this for the future of your future world. And, and, and Adam probably didn't understand what's going on here. And he said, hey, how big a rock can you lift, you know, as he's, as he's talking to Eve. And, and Eve doesn't want to lift rocks. Eve wants to talk. She wants to, she wants to do what? She wants to connect. You see and how it's different here? And I'm wondering if Adam is thinking, this is different. I mean, she, she, she walks like me, she talks like me, she's human like me. She's so close. She's so different. Things are so different, so close, yet they're so different. And inside, God made the way they think, process, view life, and their outlook on so much, so different. And so we expect our spouses or our kids or our workmates to be like us. I mean, they're part of the same species, right? You know, family genus species, right? And so we want to ask God, why? I mean, why'd you do it this way? You know, why? Why? And how many times I have people come in as we're talking and saying, you know, 
why, why is she so different? Or why doesn't he just simply understand these kinds of things? God, why did you make us look so much alike but be so different? We eat the same food. We use the same language. Box and wire thing. We process differently. Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't it be easier? Wouldn't it just be easier if we were all the same? Yeah, it would be a whole lot easier. But easier is not always better. The Bible talks a lot about our purpose in life, and, and one is the way we respond back to God. One of the main purposes of your life is the way you respond back to God. And in our time of worship, that was part of it. Your response back to God based on his love and care and greatness and goodness to you. We respond back in worship. We also respond back with our lives and how we serve and how we, how, how we live. We respond back to God with love and worship and pray. He's done some pretty incredible stuff. But it also talks about one of our purposes in life, one of the reasons that God made us, is for us to become what's sometimes called more like his son. Sometimes we use that term discipleship. Um, the Bible would say this, that we will be measuring up to the full and complete character of Christ. You make a decision for Christ. You allow God to come into your life through Jesus Christ. You let him have your life and the Holy Spirit begins a work in you, changing and transforming and molding and breaking things and refixing them the way that they're supposed to be. So the Bible says that we are growing in every way more and more like Christ. Character is happening that way. Now, character is, is, is an awful lot like a muscle. It grows best when there's tension, when there's something that's pulling against it. And if we want to grow into the character of Christ, well, Jesus is, and he's the very definition of love, and he's patient, and he's kind, and he's not self-seeking, and he's not easily angered, and he keeps no record of wrongs, and, and you know, we sang this one, his love never fails, his love never fails. And you might recognize this from, from Scripture, but if you notice certain things about this passage, and go back and look at 1 Corinthians 13, patience can only be developed when there's a reason to be impatient. you follow that? If we got together, if we always worked together in every single way, there'd be no need for patience. Why would I need to be patient? We get along for everything. The Bible says we're not easily angered. Jesus was not easily angered. Well, you can only learn to become not easily angered if there's something going on that will make you what? Angry. Jesus keeps no record of wrongs. That's what love does. And if we're going to grow like him, that means there will be wrongs done to us. Do you see, see how that works? See how it all kind of pulls itself together here? They can only happen when there is the tension that's there. If we were all the same, if men and women were exactly alike, then we would have no ability to become more like Christ in these areas. We would have no ability to mirror and reflect Christ to other people. Amazing God we have. Take, take, take the whole sex wire and the sex box. Are, are men and women's sex drives different? Generally speaking, they are. Usually they are. Okay? After years and years of counseling, I have found that they are. Um, when a guy is in the box, he is in the box. This box is touching absolutely nothing else. But a woman has all these different things connected. Why? Why? Because there needs to be patience and giving, and sacrifice. And in the patience and in the giving, love happens, 
and the reflection of the image and character of God occurs. Mark shared a verse a few moments ago out of 2 Corinthians, and, and, and it goes something like this. Light and momentary affliction is producing within us an eternal weight of glory. Now, a lot of big words involved in that, but what he's saying is kind of light, light and momentary affliction, just light problems we face, is producing an eternal weight of glory. Huge things. The light and momentary annoyances when we say, okay, I'm going to learn to be loving and patient, not keep a record of wrongs, it is producing in you an eternal weight, eternal weight of glory. Amazing. Just forgiving, <laughs> forgiving him for not getting the porch painted, not keeping a record of wrongs over the things that she's done or leaving the car empty with gas. Just those little moments of forgiveness over the momentary afflictions is producing in you <sighs> eternal weight of glory. Why did God do it this way? First of all, we can become more like him. Number two, so, so it can bring us together. Um, um, you know, you have to say, you know, women, you need boxes in your life. You just do. Um, can you imagine what life would be like if everybody in the universe processed things like you? You know, can you, can you imagine that? If everything was all connected. And, 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 and men, we need wires. We need wires. Things are way more connected than we think they are. Things are connected and life needs connections. And then the Bible would go on to say this, the two are united into one. Do you understand how, what an awesome thing that is? When the two are brought together into one, you have now the perfect complement of everything. You have wires and boxes that are working together with love and joy and patience and kindness and not keeping a record of the wrongs and understanding becoming like Christ. I can't think of a better, better thing going on. The equation here is not 1 plus 1 equals true, 2. It's 1 plus 1 equals 1, a better one, a greater one. And then here's the challenge is to grasp the relationships that you're in and realize that God gave me this boyfriend or fiancé or this son or this daughter, the people I work with, this husband, and they're different. So I need to be patient when they're not acting like me and, and kind when I don't feel like it and not being self-seeking during tense times and not easily angered and not keep a record of wrongs and have a love that never fails. And when you do that, you'll be like Christ. And that's God's goal for you all along. Three things to do if you just want to write them down. Number one, understand. Understand the differences. We're going to come back to the boxes and the wires throughout this whole series. And so you'll kind of get a whole idea of this one. And I hope you'll remember it forever and help you can understand it enough to tell people. Number two, appreciate. Man, appreciate God's design. This is an awesome thing he did. Number three, um, cherish. What a gift God's given. What a gift. Understand it. Explore it. After God brought Eve to Adam, and maybe after he figured out that she was a whole lot better than his golden retriever, it says this, the two are united into one, and that's the goal. That's the goal always. The two would be united into one. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up, and we're going to now take a second and pray, and I'm going to invite you to just simply to bow with me, and we take a few moments of just talking to God. Psalm 139 says that we're fearfully and wonderfully made, and I, I sometimes think the wonderful is the woman and the fearful is the man, but um, 
also means complex. There's a wow factor in God's design for us. There's a wonder of the differences. God designed you. God designed those of the opposite sex. Very different. Started to realize and praise him for his design. Thank him. And in the difference, there is perfection. Hey, maybe maybe some relationship you're having with the opposite sex is just going sour. And would you pray for it? Pray for God to begin his work in you to heal it. Pray for understanding, appreciation, cherishing the difference. God, do a work in hearts here. Heal, knit together, break down walls. Father, then as we grow more like Christ, may we have a witness to this community, this co-side, to be able to say, Jesus healed me of selfishness, bitterness, and anger towards someone in my life. My relationship was restored because of Jesus Christ. And may our co-side God, I really pray, would take notice of what's going on in a place like this and through people like us and say, what in the world's going on? And we can say, it's all because of Jesus. And it's in his name we ask this. Amen. Hey, thanks you guys for coming. Glad that you're here this morning. And, and again, if you have friends that would love to, would benefit from this, make sure you invite them.